0: Hello and welcome to Design Revision. Uh, we are Ooting Design. And uh, we'll start with one of the members of uh Ooting Design. Hello, James. James. Right. We are on episode hmm? We're on episode uh eight. eight I ten, think so. Nine eight. <laughs> eight. We're on episode yeah. eight. Well, I think we're on episode <laughs> eight, yep. Oh, I don't know. I, I lose track of numbers. Mm. That's why I'm shit at the gym. I can't. I can't count my reps. No. <laughs> I lose track, and I always end up either doing one too many or one too few. Goldfish, pretty much. Yeah. I just, or I'm too in the moment. Yeah, that's that's it. my excuse or you know reason logical reason. Mm. Um, well, hello. I'm Arjun, and uh, we are. One man short today, we normally have Kenneth with us, but Mm. Kenneth was preoccupied and had other things uh, he had to take care of. Um, So we let him go today, but it's just a one-time thing. Hopefully, one-time thing. No, no, no. He is not permitted to ever leave (laughs) this building ever again. After tomorrow, he will be chained here.
1: Mm. (laughs) Fortunately, you have to listen to us to ramble.
0: Yeah, Mm. hopefully. Hopefully, it uh, will make sense. (laughs) Yeah, the... um, Hopefully the balance is fine. That mm. way, you know you you won't miss the the silent logical ninja that sits in the corner and it keeps uh, us on track. Keeps yeah. us on track. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it could be waffle. Yeah. But...
0: <laughs> we'll just try to keep our keep our <laughs> just look at look at each other and just be like, "Are we still on track?" Yeah. Just nod. Okay. All right. How well, you been? You been good?
1: I've been good. Yeah. Thank you very much for asking. Good.
0: And yourself? Yeah, been all right. Been a bit hectic, mm. uh, as you know. We've had a few projects, yeah. so a lot of that has been taking up our time, um, and uh, I mean that results in just. Uh, I mean, depending on, uh, we're trying to be good about how much pro- how much work we take in, but mm. you know we can't uh, always manage our time perfectly, like we talk about or boast about in the podcast. So. Sometimes some things do get sacrificed for the other, Mm -hmm. Um, and as a result, uh, my free time got got sacrificed, Um, but all well and good. I don't regret it, so that's all fine. Uh, What are we going to talk about today, James? Well, that's
1: leading on to the topic for today, hard work,
0: isn't it? Hard work, yeah. Hard work and results as such, right? Yeah. So the reason uh, we wanted to talk about this today is that over the last couple of podcasts, we noticed that there was something of a uh, recurring topic or uh, idea that we kept coming back to, which was this idea of or notion of the fact that um, when we record uh, these podcasts, we podcasts, sorry, we talk about how... um, shouldn't get demotivated or when seeing other people's work or uh focus on yourself and um look at uh try to look at your uh or listen to your thoughts cognitively so that you don't go into that imposter syndrome mode and talk yourself down um telling yourself that your work's not good enough etc etc and uh i don't want to say which podcast number it was because um We'll let you, the listeners, figure that out. Uh, One of the podcasts, we mentioned how um, there's this point in time where you're going to reach a lull, uh, where your work is just going to be crap, or you're going to sincerely feel like your work is just shit until you get to a point where it's good again. Uh, And the only way to get there is through hard work and just pushing yourself and Mm. beating your head against that wall until you break through. Essentially, that's what this episode is supposed to be about. And uh, I don't know how we want to start this off without coming off too uh, preachy. uh, But why stop now compared to the other podcast (laughs) episodes, right? Um, But one of the things that uh, my professor used to tell me, and I've said it before in the podcast very briefly, but I can talk about it more in depth this time. Uh, Tyler Hennings used to tell me that uh, he was my drawing and painting professor. He told me that uh, it, it gets ugly before it's pretty. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told that to all the intro students as well as the more senior students. Just so that, I mean, at first we thought is it was because um, you shouldn't get discouraged, right? Yeah. Where you're starting out and your sketches are always going to be rough looking. And then you're going to apply the paint and whatever, right? or more graphite or medium. Uh, What he meant was that, and I approached him about it later on, is that the thought or the Mm -hmm. idea of accepting the fact that you're not there yet where you want to be with your work is fine.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Calling it ugly is fine if you can look at it constructively. And, learn whatever you can and push forward and keep pushing whatever you've done forward so yeah i mean it applies to a still life or a i don't know life drawing that you're doing on canvas mm-hmm. but to some extent it also kind of deals with the progression you have with your work and it's so important to keep your mind focused on the idea that man i'm making these I don't know, let's, let's say a logo. Let's say uh, you're maybe trying to make a new typeface. You're looking at all these other typefaces that have been there, stood the test of time, and they're good. They're amazing, sure, granted. But, you know, what are you going to do in order to reach that point mm. like them? You're going to have to keep pushing yourself and getting to that point. It's not going to magically happen. No. Talent will only get you so far hard work is what <laughs> keeps it up and persists it. No. So, or, you know, learning new things. So practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect, yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's very, it's a touchy subject as well because, uh, I mean, compared to the day and age that we live in now, access to quality work, and I'm, I'll say quality work with, you know, big quotation fingers. Mm-hmm. What does that mean really? Right. It's, it's a little bit subjective, but there is that whole, well, this is pleasing, aesthetically pleasing for the majority of people. Yeah. yeah. And normally that's what gets posted on a lot of social media, on blogs, um, magazines, articles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But mostly On digital platforms, right? So that stuff is so readily available now compared to before. Before we had magazines to look at, when I was in art school, we had magazines to look at we had books, history books, television programs, Um, Art 21 was one of them, Uh, Art Now, Art Neu is one of them, German program that um, at some point when Netflix was starting out, that you could watch those there, like those really house um artist yeah. interviews and documentaries. And, uh, you know, that was our exposure. And, yeah, I mean, fantastic, amazing artists and designers and whatever. But the you were kind of forced to sit and either read the entire article or blog post or whatever or watch the entire documentary. And in that, you don't just get an image, right? Like, Mm. oh, this is the artist. This is the work associated with the artist. Bam, done, right? There is more information, like the process, the time that goes into figuring things out, solving the problem, the time where the artist is not looking or working, you know, just Mm. sitting and having a coffee and deliberating with... Uh, themselves, how they're supposed to deal with this issue.
1: That's what we're missing, sort of the art of the storytelling.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: the story behind the thousand fuck ups. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically, before they got to the perfect picture.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, I feel like sometimes we do bash social media a bit too much on this show. There's nothing wrong with social media other than the pitfalls that it has in. You know, society and sociologically, which is completely you know a different topic. Um, but we do bring it up from time to time, and we're guilty for that. Mostly, I am guilty of that, uh, and that's fine. I do think about it quite a bit. But uh, from a, the perspective of trying to uh, trying to draw value out of what you see on social media, there is a disconnect. And there is a disconnect for a lot of young artists who mm. are looking at the work and going, holy crap, they're amazing. You, know, um, you, you're you interested in indie music, yeah, right? Mm. So before indie music, there was always this underground indie music scene, mm. right? Before the rise of the internet to get access to all this
1: yeah.
0: indie music stuff. Until then, it was just mostly commercial pop rock Stuff that had, you know, bands who had made it, quote yeah, unquote, it was, yeah, right? Bootlegs and right. You'd get little mixtape, tape, decks, or yeah. um, CDs of people who'd recorded some shit in their garage or something, right? Yeah. And uh, you could very clearly hear that they had recorded in their garage or something or the other, right? Yeah, but that's that's the beauty of that that genre as well. Yeah, but point being is that now everybody has access to both producing indie music being whatever medium it might be, and then putting it online. Mm. Or B, uh, everybody has access, access to this, these platforms where they can uh, listen to these uh, songs or tracks or albums or EPs or singles or yeah. whatever for free. Mm. I mean, what a luxury. What an amazing thing. But we're losing again that whole, well, how did they start? Where did they come from? You know, and what musicians, or at least people who are really interested in musicians, are good at is, and I think they're better than artists, uh, or at least young artists and young designers, is that they're very good at. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out this band. I'm gonna check out who the ba- band members are, where they came from, what other bands they've been a part of. Um, where they, where are they going on tour? How do their music change? Mm. Oh they have a discography? Maybe it's just two albums, but I can check it out. you know and they'll really get into it. Maybe it's because it's an easy easier art form or medium. but you know I, I find from my experience that they are way more into the information and the process behind the music mm. than people who get a visual just static either video or uh, image,
1: Oh, they, I think it's ju- to do with the uh, medium, the sort of music. Right. They hit you in the heart, doesn't it, I think, and it hooks you. Right. So that, then that's that's what draws you and keeps you interested um, in to find more because you feel passionate about right. that band.
0: Um, but can't art do the same thing?
1: Art can do exactly
0: the same thing. I mean, but visual, I, I think, art, visual art.
1: Vi- yeah, yeah, visual art can do exactly the same thing, but I think um, – I think it's more of a niche than with music. I, th- I feel like that mu- the f- the feeling of music can spread mm. further than maybe uh, a piece piece of art. I think because the mu- more
0: cross culturally, yeah, cross culture uh, it can make it resonate more yeah. easy much easier cross culturally. Yeah.
1: It gives, you, it gives you a feeling it can make you um, tap your feet, yeah, yeah, tap yeah. your hands, whatever, bang on the table, like Martin and Kenneth-like.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, James and I are no- notorious for just hitting the table every now and then, yeah. and our mics are attached to the table, and it makes a lot of bloody noise. Um, <laughs> noise that I and James don't really mind, or actually I don't mind, but uh, Kenneth and Martin <laughs> are really adamant about us stopping doing that. They mm. want to duct tape our hands to the chairs. Oh. <laughs> uh, which won't happen. But I'm they even tried by
1: putting cactuses on the table to yeah, stop us.
0: cactuses <laughs> on the table, yeah. Cacti. Cacti.
1: But, but yeah, the, uh back to, back to that. I think they sort of it resonates with more people. Mm. Um uh, I think the feeling that music gives you can reach to more people than um than a piece of Oh, wow. sure. You get you get a different feeling. Um,
0: sure, but I mean that's still the engagement. Yeah, if you're interested, like the the factor of being here is that you are somebody who's interested in this medium, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not saying that if you're um, you are interested in music, you're not interested in uh, the visual stuff. No. Um, what I'm saying is that. If you, let's say, have gone into school or are passionate about design, painting, drawing, sculpture, uh, dance, interpretive dance, um, motion design, et cetera, et cetera, right? Then you are interested in this medium genuinely, Mm. right? That's what passion is. And you will look up information as best as you can. But for me, the disconnect is that I've found that people who are into music Way different when they look into this kind of stuff. Mm. I mean, they don't take it as discouraging, they take it as empowering, or
1: um, it's, they it's, look
0: up um, more information about the person. They uh, try to learn some stuff. Yeah, and about. I think it's that feeling of,
1: I'm the first. Yeah. Like it's
0: that fanboy aspect, <laughs>
1: isn't it? I mean, and, and I know like so many people as well, like, so when they feel that they've discovered a band, yeah. I, I've fallen guilty to this myself. You're like, a hipster. So, yeah, of course. Uh, I like them before they were cool kind yeah, of thing. That type of thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um <laughs> just suck yeah, but, in the embarrassment before yeah. you keep going, yeah.
1: But you know what I mean like sort of I, I um people get that like arrogance yeah, but I I like I like them before they were cool, but now yeah. now they're now they're mainstream and now they the sound isn't what it used to be type of right. thing. They're sold out. It's that uh, they feel an (laughs) attachment to the band.
0: Um. You know, I've met people who are into art, Mm. paintings and such, who are sort of similar. Mm. So I remember some people telling me how... Do you know who Mark Rothko is? No. Um, God, I can't believe I'm saying the name wrong. It's either Mike Rothko or Mark Rothko. It's terrible of me. Don't correct me, people. it's It's a Mr. Rothko. But he made these beautiful paintings which which essentially, if you broke it down, were just color palettes right mm. and um he has some other paintings as well, but his most famous ones are these large scale paintings which have large sections of uh color on them mm. in blocks, yeah and um they were these people that were into this this piece they were talking about how. Yeah, you know, when I first started art school, I was really into Rothko, but the more I read about him, the more I like saw that he was just everywhere and, mm-hmm. you know, so poppy and, you know, just everybody just uses the same five pictures of Rothko. So I'm not really interested in the Rothko paintings anymore, mm. which was kind of like, well, that's kind of shit. <laughs> if if that's your basis of criteria for your passion for music, then, I don't know, maybe uh, find another passion. <laughs> it's clearly not healthy. mm mm-hmm. And I mean, I know that sounds harsh, but how can you just just say that you don't like it anymore or you're not into it anymore? Don't try to, you know, put all these other things like it's popular now and therefore they change the sound and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you're cringing, but yeah, you're guilty of this. I, am, I know I am. If people stayed the same the entire time, we wouldn't have this podcast. No, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's about evolution of the band or the
1: artist or whatever Yeah, same, but whatever. but you um bands have to earn money yeah they have to artists have to earn money they have to sell out they have to sell out <laughs> <Money> <laughs> just like is- we have to sell out yeah i mean um but uh, i think it's just like because they are the hardcore fans Mm. we was there from the start type of thing and they feel like they have that connect but and I think maybe now as well with social media you can keep that connection longer yeah um, because you can still interact if
0: you look into it though like if you take the initiative to get engaged and try to look up the information then yeah you know and you, you
1: see like sort of social media big benefit for bands artists whatever is or for companies even yeah when we go on a business scale, is to interact with their audience, yeah. is to interact with these fanboys, whatever, because these are the ones that are going to push your brand on for free. Yeah. Um. So it has it has negatives and positives, but you you can put put it into you can turn those that are going to turn negative into yeah. a positive spin.
0: Right. But I mean, okay, so you catch. just mentioned something that was interesting though, mm. and you know you put a little bit of uh, of the responsibility on the artists themselves mm. that they should use this free publicity right that yeah, yeah. uh, summarizing basically what you said um about just that bit, does that mean and that raises an interesting issue is that do you think it's the artist's um responsibility for the for the field to actually show the work or to show if you are somebody who goes around documenting and I mean documenting in the loosest term Mm. where you are presenting a lot of your successful typography pieces and Mm. calligraphy pieces or uh motion videos whatever you're doing animations that are you should you be accountable or hold yourself accountable out of respect to the new people coming into the industry by showing the work and the struggle and the, you know, the work involved in it, but and struggle, I don't mean the negative sides of it, By struggle, I mean, you know, the, because if it was an easy job, anybody would do it.
1: Yeah. Right. The old cliche.
0: Right. It, yeah. The old cliche. It takes hard work. Good mm. work takes hard work. Mm. Right. And whether it's, sometimes you're lucky you get that, you know, bang, I figured out the design instantly. Mm. Um, But you can't bank on that. No, no. You you can't base your career on that, can you? So... Potluck. (laughs) Do you think that it should be... Yeah, potluck. Do you think it's the responsibility of the artist to start putting out more content showing the realness of this stuff?
1: Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think think it's only a positive thing to show your process. Mm. Um, And... To show the give the value back um, others can learn from you and others will follow you because they can learn from you yeah um, that's my opinion um,
0: well I, no, that's I, my opinion too that's why we're doing this yeah our podcast is far from perfect and every time something goes wrong we pretty much we say it outright yeah um, oh think <laughs> James and Kenneth keep making fun of me for the fact that I burped once on uh, on, on the on the podcast. <laughs> It didn't get caught in the recording, but so I could have just I could have just let it go. But then I leaned in and said, "Sorry for that burp there. I don't know if you heard that, and something along those lines." <laughs> and they just laughed at me because they're like, "You don't have to say that. You don't have to apologise for that." Mm. It's like, "Oh well, you know, hey hey, you you live in your land." <laughs> but for anybody who's starting to wanting to try try to start making a podcast or whatever, it's. Maybe for that one person, it's important to know that yeah, you can just still be yourself and be a little bit nutty and do ad lib stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that's what people connect with more and more. Is if you're human, we've talked about that before. Yeah, like giving that human element to it. Yeah, that anybody can do this. Yeah. Um, the difference is is, is the execution.
0: Right. Um, but then you're but dodging the my question, or not. It, not purposefully you're sidestepping it (laughs) i'm asking specifically do you think it's the responsibility of people who put the content out there to talk about the process yeah uh, yeah so let's say you've put your nice polished piece to piece of work and there are artists who put up uh process videos right they'll they're super sped up videos yeah um, so they'll have the finished piece of work and then you slide, then you see the sketch mm-hmm. and then you slide to the next one. You see a video of them making it, refining it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So there are people who sit and do that, but they're, they're far and few in between the vast majority of the people who just put the finished work up. Okay. So what do you feel? Do you oh. feel like that it should, you should be responsible and put up your, your sketch work? Um
1: answer your question with a question yeah so when you see these types of posts Mm -hmm. or um which ones do you connect with more
0: i connect but well i'll my i know the answer to my question yeah because i have already decided what my opinion about this is Mm -hmm. so to answer your question would be (laughs) to say that i read what the posts that resonate most with me are the ones that show me the process. Mm. So there's my answer. Right. I feel that we should
1: show the process of right. the work because that's what gets the engagement and that's what gets the connection. Yeah. Um. That's what gets the traction further. Right. Um, you're giving value back, but yeah. at the same time you're gaining value. You're maybe getting feedback or you're getting, oh, people actually like this and then that gets shared or likes gets liked or somebody comments and wants to know more about the process, you learn yourself from, okay, that's what people like. Well, yeah. Then, then I'll keep putting that type of content out. Yeah. Um, well, I think, um, I think only just putting still images out or just a certain type of video out every time. then I think people will get bored of it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I agree with that. I mean there's only so many because I think it just gets lost in the in the sea of quality. Sure. That is out on social media in or posts that are out in social media because I'm blind. I, I can blind scroll. Yeah. Are the things that stop are the things that show behind the scenes. Process sure, yeah. Um, how I got here, Uh, right? This, these types of posts, um, the ugly posts, yeah, rather than oh, look at me, look what I produced,
0: yeah. Or, but I think we're missing the point in the sense that I think I mean, I can say very honestly that I do like you know, a double tap like on Instagram, for example, yeah. Um um, still images of finished, completely polished work, right? Yep. And then I save it in a folder for inspiration or whatever, right? Or if I want to contact or talk to the designer later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I... I think that, however, there needs to be a some kind of second posting, maybe. Yeah. The... So that if you're interested... Like, maybe maybe you don't want to uh, post something and promote that one process video. You'd rather put out the finished image and uh, promote that one instead. Yeah. And you would rather have the process video uploaded later hmm. or before maybe, just so that, you know, you stack it properly in the order in your feed yeah, or whatever. Do. And then you can have that in your profile. Because... There is the whole idea of um, showing your work to clients who quickly browse Instagram or possible new clients
1: yeah.
0: who browse Instagram very quickly and then find a piece and then go, "That's the one." So I see that side of the argument as well, and maybe <laughs> I'm just seeing it just That's- as I sit in and talk to you. But it's it's I see that as fair, but. No, I don't know, I, I, there's still something about it that tells me that the process is important.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the point I'm trying to make is that it's fine putting that out. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is that I just think it gets lost in the sea of other wonderful posts that are out there that are to the same par or above that par. Yeah. It, I just double-tapped it, I liked it, that's it. I moved on to the next four posts or whatever um but um to actually s- to make somebody stop and um register what you're doing maybe try and connect with you and sort of give that reach in hand to say look um i am available to talk to i am you can connect with me connect with me or whatever i, f- I feel that sort of does that more than just a
0: well, yeah, it opens a the finished, door, right? Yeah,
1: some a, f- a finished article.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. I don't know. My my opinion is that there is there there should be some kind of uh, some form of decorum, unwritten mm. rule, um, amongst designers. I mean, I have never seen uh, this many designers uh, before,
1: mm.
0: and I've been following. I know how big the industry has been before. But the amount of designers that there is now, there's like been a huge surge of designers Mm. and creatives recently, especially ones who are going freelance, 100% freelance, from being students to just going straight into freelance or uh, people who are students and doing freelance on the side or even the other more rarer case, which is considered untraditional but uh, perfectly fine, And I think that, you know, more and more this will become the trend. It's the students, uh, it's the people who are not students. They're completely self-taught people. Mm. And they're just going straight into it and learning stuff, going on tutorial videos, looking at people's process, looking at people's stuff and just copying them. And Mm. then eventually they figure out their own voice, right? So um, I've I've never seen this many people kind of collected this way. I mean, there are now... Um, design events and conventions happening all over Africa. There are uh, design events and conventions happening all over India. And in India, that didn't used to be such a big deal. No. You know, it wasn't really considered a viable job or something. And the the problem inherently is with, with this, at, at the same time now, I've never heard this many voices say, I'll never be as good as XYZ. I've never heard this many voices say, um, I'm not capable of that. Yeah, um, I'm not good enough, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, whether it's imposter syndrome or not, whether it's, you know, anxieties, your own uh, depression coming in, whatever it is, um, or humility in the the worst kind of way, actually, you're not being constructive to yourself, right? You're not being constructive to your own work, and uh, as a result, people are sort of stifling themselves in their own growth. And I've never seen, I've heard this many voices say that. I am, I am guilty of having been that voice myself. Yeah. But now, at age thirty-four, I'm starting to slowly kind of get over that.
1: Yeah, but I think that's the that's showing there the good sides and the bad sides of social media. The good side is that so many people have been connected and
0: they're finally voicing their opinion
1: opinion or discovered other people. Mm. Um, And then the bad side is that you've discovered those people and then gone, oh, look how I actually am Uh, (laughs) (laughs) compared to these people. I'm not worthy or whatever. Right. Um, So then that puts self-doubt imposter syndrome the whole the whole package yeah um that and that's the bad bad side of it but it's um again you have to try and put the spin on on the negative there again and look back at these people and go I want to be as good as that what do I need to do to be as good as that and the beauty about many of these what can we call them rock stars yeah um is that they are showing their process most of them are there are, there there's a good few of them that are showing the process and yeah. how you can be better
0: yeah
1: they're giving value back yeah. so it's to take that opportunity to learn from them yeah and okay you might be not as good as them tomorrow yeah but maybe 2 3 years down the line yeah you may have got to half their standard or whatever maybe you've leapfrogged them yeah it's the the positives are there to take It's just whether or not you can action it
0: it's true i mean i think there is something that's interesting right because you do look at the rock star designers and you look at the rock star creative people and you go this is it Hmm. i mean that's the level yeah right and i want to be there i may not have a shot at being a rock star designer and that's true you know Mm. not everybody gets to be that fine you know he's cut out to be that (laughs) not everybody yeah not maybe you don't want that Mm. in all honesty because you can't handle it um but uh you you have this opportunity to learn from them Mm. and it's the same as like when you were learning for the first time you're kind of learning how the program works, especially people who are trying to learn on their own without any schooling, right? So their resource is Google or YouTube, right? One and the same. And they'll look up tutorial videos, right? They'll look and try to find what they're kind of going for, want to learn, and they'll use that, and they'll try it, and they'll try it over and over again, figure it out, learn it, and they've learned certain processes in Photoshop and Illustrator, right? Mm. Same goes for anything else, really, um, you're trying to make a little short movie on your own. How do I do color correction? How do I do audio? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. You'll find these little tutorials on online, right? And they'll make good quality work, mm. right? They'll have good tutorials and then it'll look like a nice polished piece of thing when you're done with it. How is that different from, you know, looking at these designers that you adore or you think that oh, way better than you, let's say, we bring the bar further lower? Um, let's not even go to rock stars, but some designers that you think are just good and better than you on another level. Mm. Why can't you instead, rather than put yourself down, just look at them and go, yeah, I could learn from this. I'm going to take this piece. I'm going to di- dissect it. Yeah. I'm going to figure it out on my own. Right? There is a disconnect at some point where tutorials are different. Yeah. You know, and then they look at the source material or they look at the the people who have got their stuff in a magazine or a book. And <clears throat> they're not they're not looking at it as critically as they would when they follow a tutorial.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's important. And I think that's that's something that we could, <clears throat> that we should probably say more often to people who are listening. Uh, now the six of you, there are more of you listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, the needle's going up. The, the needle's going up, there's more people. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I think the important thing here is that Nothing is unattainable in terms of what your abilities can do. I mean, that you have the same programs as everybody else, right? But you have your own voice. You have your own um, way of expressing yourself. You have your own way that you look at colors, et cetera, mm. et cetera. And <clears throat> granted, yeah, a lot of it's dictated by the client brief or whatever project you're working on. Yeah. But It's still you. It's still your voice. It's still something that you can add to it, something, right? And to some extent in the very beginning, yeah, it's going to be a copy, right? Or it's going to feel at least like a copy. Or it's going to Mm. be like, you know, you look at something and you go, well, this is because I saw this and that um, curve over there. I saw that in the Nike logo, Um, that the way the font is set up centered like that and the spacing, I kind of take that from Adidas, Mm. you know, fine, well and good. I mean, they work for a reason, right? Yeah. Why not implement them and then remember that? And then when you go to the next stage and you try to learn something new or try to do something new, take whatever information that you got from the first one that you did and implement it and just keep having it mutate and grow and experiment and try.
1: That's it, like sort of taking little nuggets. Yeah. From- and keep failing. Yeah. Inspiration.
0: Yeah. Um, Be inspired. Yeah that's that's important but mm. inspiration needs to be pure inspiration yeah. and actionable inspiration it can't be inspiration and then that's it you no, know no. You, you you're either just going to forget about it or and i mean forgetting about it is more preferable than the worst part which is you're going to use it to put yourself down And you're on it yeah yeah so and I think that's important. Something that actually just came to mind is uh, Aaron Draplin Mm
1: -hmm.
0: of the Draplin Design Company. Uh, You might have heard of it. Uh, pretty, Pretty famous design company. And he shows you, there's this one little video I found once upon a time where he showed you his process of doing logo designs. And I mean, when he zoomed out to show you how many iterations of the logo he went through before he found the one that worked. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they, they were just, there were drawings and sketches and graphics all over the artboard. Yeah. It was just nuts. It was crazy. And the video was just five minutes long, but it, it proved to you that this guy has been sitting here working on this one thing for the five-minute video. Yeah. And you got to see a sped-up process where you just saw the final iteration, but there's so much going on in the background. Mm. And there's so many failures and there's so many times and he shows one or two of them where he says, I thought I had this one and I thought it was good. And I thought it was about to send this one to print. And I thought about it for a little while. And I was like, oh no, but I failed here and here and here. It doesn't work here and here and there. So I need to go back at it again. And then the logo changed or metamorphed into something else Mm. and then just kept going and going until he ended up with something. Yeah. And that's so important. You need to just keep messing up and you're supposed to be okay with that because mm. it's just part of the process it's yeah. not it's not a failure on your part for not solving the problem soon enough right no. it's about it's about just trying to push keep pushing keep trying something different and eventually you'll get there and that's you know in increments of course right yeah. you're not going to make the first da vinci on your first painting but you're going to, at least for your, at least uh, maybe third or third, uh, fourth painting, it's going to be incrementally better than your first one if you keep at it.
1: Yeah. And if it's not, <laughs> put your paintbrushes in the pot and walk away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for good? For good. No, really? No. 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 It's, um, yeah, we all have off days. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe for that day, it's time to switch the light off, go home, sleep, sleep on it, come back, refresh, re- hit the reset
0: button like yeah, we've talked about do before. do something that's not related to your work. Yeah, you know?
1: like we've talked about Try before. Try to reset your brain. Yeah. Like go for a walk or um, watch TV, whatever you need to do to reset, to yeah. take, take your brain to another. another.
0: There is the con- counter argument to that though. Yeah. I love stand-up comedy and... Um, uh, one of the stand-up comedians that I really like, uh, Jerry Seinfeld,
1: hmm.
0: he has this method that he calls, He it's called um, Don't Break the Chain, he calls it. Um, Keep it together. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he calls it Don't Break the Chain or The Unbreakable Chain or something like that. So somebody asked him how he creates material all the time. And he says that I need to figure out one joke a day. Hmm. I need to figure out one joke a day, and I'm not gonna break that chain. I need to at least do that.
1: Yeah, I think about
0: this. So I need to do one piece of work every day, and that's what keeps me going, and that's what keeps him creative. And it doesn't have to be the perfect joke. No, it's just, it just has to be something. Yeah, it just has to be something. Yeah, even if it's a. But you did it, and it was a focused piece of work. Hmm that you went in with the intention of creating something, right? And therefore the chain link has continued. Yeah. You haven't broken it. You break the chain and if that, if in that one day you don't do anything. yeah. And, you know, if you get sick, fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're permitted. Um, but, you know, sketch something in your book or something or the other, make a loose pencil drawing or something or the other, right? But I like that idea. Because there is there is that notion that that writers block or artists block or whatever you know, but I think that's a little bit um, made up. I mean, yes, well, yes. everything is made up. Um, <laughs> yes but you get no. what, what my meaning
1: is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, so the creative block or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you like, don't so, stop
0: being creative. No,
1: no. But what? Um, w- it's a change of environment, maybe, that you need. Um, maybe you've been sat in the office too long. I mean,
0: yeah, that's take, fair. Take, that's fair.
1: Take your sketchbook with you mm-hmm. or whatever piece of equipment you need to be creative with. Yeah. Um. Go for a walk. Yeah. Go into another office. Go for a coffee, whatever. Just change the environment that you're in. Maybe that changes your mood, your... The, the setting can alter your mood yeah totally um and maybe the the light bulb that boom.
0: i agree with you but i think there's another part to it and i think the other part is that we have to just learn the fact that whatever you make doesn't have to be good no yeah i know
1: but uh, what i'm saying as is, as long that, as you made it yeah but what i'm saying is people can get hung up on being sat in that certain spot or being in that certain office or wherever a certain amount of time, but just changing, even if it's just changing to a different seat or something or whatever, just a change in location can change change someone's mind.
0: Sure, yeah. No, and I get that. And I get just the give mood that and little- perspective part of it. But I'm also saying that the idea, like the notion of you... um when you start putting something on paper, yeah. right, there is a part of you, and I've had this, is that when I, I sit and draw and I've changed my environment, I've taken a break and I've had a beer or I've gone for a run or I've, uh, you know, I've, um, I don't know, read a book, listened to some music or hung out with some friends. Um, when I come back, I think, okay, now wow. I got it. Now yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah. Now it's, it, this is it, right? Right. And I sit and I start drawing for a while, and it or sketching or uh, being on the computer for a bit, and it's still crap. But the point is that you know that doesn't mean necessarily that you need to walk away from it completely. No, no. There, I feel like there is a there is a point. You know, you were saying you put your brushes in your in the glass <laughs> and then walk out of the room and whatever. But and, and it's sometimes it's fine to just take a day off. But it, I think we are able as people to get to the point where we're like yeah it's shit but it's fine i'm doing it anyway right mm. and at least i'm doing it
1: yeah
0: you know i have the i have the if i stop doing it it's on me i decided mm. that right i'm the only one looking at the drawing while i'm drawing it yeah. i have taste therefore that taste is dictating whether i think it's good or not mm. however that taste can also inherently hold you back
1: mm.
0: because there are going to be periods where you don't make good work yeah. but you have to be okay with that Because you're still making work, you're still training your brain, you're still mushing things around in that soup of, you you know, Hmm. whatever thing that space in your brain is where you're trying to be creative or do some kind of work. And regardless of what comes out, at least it's still yours. You have ownership of it and you can learn from it and you can keep going forward.
1: Hmm? every day is a school day
0: <laughs> every day is yeah. a school day don't tell that to school children
1: no but hey, every, hate it. every day is a school day like so sort of every day you need to learn you need to learn something to keep your brain yeah active um and i think like sort of anybody who says that i don't need to learn anymore yeah is
0: phenomenally arrogant um <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah or people who say like i don't want to listen to this band anymore cuz they're too mainstream. Yeah. They've they've lost that yeah, sound. Yeah, they recognize that sound the sound really... in they've all the, the other bands. The rawness. <laughs> what did you say? The rawness. The rawness. You mean low uh bit uh bit rates recording. Yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's the rawness you're looking for. Everything is recorded yeah. in mono. Yeah,
1: that's the I love that, mate. I love that. That's uh
0: on a side note, Beatles in mono mm. sounds really bloody good. Mm. Sounds kind of punky. Yeah, that's how they were originally recorded as well. I've learnt that they probably lost a
1: lot of fans when they uh, stopped recording Staying in mono. stereo. Yeah, it, it was a bad choice. Yeah, they that's never what it done was. It. <laughs> that's what it was, James.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> Damn, they should have stayed underground. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I don't know. I think. Uh, I, what I want to leave you guys uh, with, in my opinion about this, and James might differ in that sense, is and we, we're sort of on the same page, but I'm very much on the keep pushing until you've made, it maybe a turd on screen, right? <laughs> well I don't well, care. Put, well maybe put, you sir. Maybe you put a turd on screen and you were the one who invented the poop emoji. Who knows? Yeah. That's it. Right? My point being is just, just it need, you just need to put something on paper. You need to put something on on screen. You need to just just put something out there. Mm. You need to just get it out of your headspace and onto some kind of physical medium, and just let it live in the world. I have paintings that I've gone back to after five years, yeah, yeah, and then gone back and worked on them. But I I I managed to first initially at least just puke them out, mm. regardless of how good or bad they were.
1: No, I I totally agree with that. I'm not in these sort of because I have situations where I can't sleep on a night because I've got ideas floating in my head, and and if I don't write it down yeah. or sketch it, yeah, then I can't sleep. Right. Um. So I need to get it out of my head. Yeah. And that's sort of one of those things that.
0: Well, see, but then you have a need, you need to get Mm. it out of your head. If there are people who are kind of putting up their own roadblocks to prevent them from doing that, Mm. that's another issue in in and of itself, right? Um, It's like, it's like rehabilitation, right? You've been in an accident and you need to rehabilitate yourself, your body, Mm. your muscles from atrophy. So you need to do exercise. When you're fine and healthy, relatively, you don't need to do exercise, but it's good for you. So you have to go out and do it. Right, mm-hmm. You have to push yourself to go and do it. And once you're there, relatively good stuff happens, right? Your muscles like it. Your body likes it. Your brain really mm-hmm. likes it. So there are some good effects out of it. So I feel like it's similar for whatever kind of creative output you're doing as well. And inherently... You're talking about habits now. So getting into a habit to... Yeah. Yeah. Good habits. Mm. Good habits to tell yourself not to um, put yourself down. Good habits to be like, okay, you know what? Maybe even if you do have the voice in your head that says, that I suck at this, mm. have another voice come in go, all right, well, the plan is to not suck at this anymore. So I'm going to sit here and draw till I figure it out, where I get at least a percent closer to figuring it out. A milli percent. A milli percent, whatever. Mm. Progress. Progress. <laughs> Progress. Progress. <laughs> right? So, and it doesn't, that's how you learn. You don't go to art school and, yeah, there are some people who are, I mean, I saw some raw talent, people who Mm. are just super talented. But I also saw some of those raw talented people not put in the hours and the work to keep that up or to progress or to change or to develop or to grow. Mm. And their skills kind of stayed the same. The people who were coming in there every day working in the studio for hours and hours on end. You know, we would go in there on weekends and work hours on end till very late at night. And we'd be there together, learning off of each other. And we'd just sit and focus on our work and push ourselves regardless of, you know, what we had created by by the time of critique, which was about once a month at that point. We still were in there doing it. And even though our work was shit, comparatively to the person who, you know, in my, my perspective, mm-hmm. I felt like sometimes my work was shit compared to um, the person who had the natural talent of stuff, yeah. right? When you hung them up on the wall side by side. Um, and that person probably just worked a couple of hours in the week right, to produce the work. The end result was that when people were viewing the work, over time when they saw the progress, I had developed a lot more than anybody else mm. along. Of course, I'm not just speaking about just me exclusively. There were other people there putting in the work as well. They had developed and changed and grown as well. But you, so yeah, the talent part, you know, when you look at these images and whatever that you find online that is polished and finished work, that uh, you, it could be one of, you know, I'm not saying it's one of two. It's not some talent person not putting in the work. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. It's what, what I'm saying is that, for one thing, you don't know the amount of work that went into the background of all that. Mm. The other thing is that, yeah, let's say it is somebody who is just relying on their talent or luck or whatever to make some kind of work. Okay, but does that trump hard work and learning and pushing yourself and learning new things? It doesn't. No. no. Right? So you mm. need to, as somebody who is... Viewing these things, and I'm saying it's a habitual Mm. thing that you need to change because, because people keep saying these things Mm. over and over again, right? I'll never be that good. Or uh, my work is crap compared to yours. Or, um, you know, they're kind of pulling it back onto themselves. Yeah. Rather than saying, hey, really good work. How did you do this bit? Mm. I've been curious about that too. Right? or you download the image and you sit and try to dissect it and try to do the same thing right mm. so that habit needs to change there's a lot of people who have this bad habit of talking themselves down in order to as a defense mechanism when they're in a when they're part of a community that's now huge right where they have to display their work and show their work so they talk themselves down mm. and they also eventually that leads to putting up you know, walls for yourself upon layers, upon layers, upon layers, and you, it becomes harder to break down to progress and, you know, develop and grow as an artist. Yeah. So for me, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a habit thing. It's a really habit thing. It's a knee jerk thing that you need to try to figure out and really listen to yourself cognitively when you're saying that, that listen, you, you can tell yourself that this work is way better than yours. Mm. And, possibly it is okay the person has probably been working on it for a very long time if you applied yourself and did something similar to what you're wanting to do or your work or what you're trying to figure out mm. maybe you will reach that level eventually someday yourself yeah and that's progress yeah and that's that's a good thing that's a really good mindset to have and it, it's not just for creative work it's for everything that you're doing Hmm. right it's one of the things that can help you even if you have imposter syndrome is that cognitive resonance that you can have with your own voice where you say you know what I might feel like a fake right now and I'm I could get fired any day for, for the work that I'm doing because I'm clearly not meant to be here you know then there's a part of you that should say well there are other people who have the same position as me and they're They're here at this job. They had to have started somewhere.
1: Yeah,
0: right. Arnold wasn't born a muscle.
1: No, (laughs) but he is one of the key go-to when you see about these hard work uh, motivation. uh, Yeah, videos, and um, you see what he went through and his story. Yeah, and again, that's it's it's motivational to see uh, his. His video, in his story. Yeah. Um, but again, when you, we can translate into any um, field. Yeah. So you look at footballers as, as well. The, the ones, nine times out of ten, the ones who are the star players or the, the best players on the pitch or the ones who have made it to the top leagues mm. are the ones who was first on the training pitch and yeah. last off the training pitch yeah day in day out and then when they went home from the training pitch they trained more yeah um and it's very very rarely that yeah. these raw talents
0: make it it's like a, such a small percent yeah well they make it and they stay there mm. but uh yeah i mean sorry if i sound really loud or um uh i don't mean or maybe even overly ed- energetic or uh <laughs> what you might call it angry about it but it's it's something passionate. that is yeah i'm really passionate about this and this is what we want to do for people who are struggling with this i struggle with it still on the daily but i i, I have gotten to the point where i'm able to talk to myself and kind of figure that out um and work with myself to break through um and I want to share that with you guys as well. Really important, and um, especially to the young ones who, or the ones who are, you know, freelancing and working on their own. Um, just so important that you hear a voice telling you that. And I, I'm I'm appreciative of, of that at, at least when I was listening to podcasts or looking to people to kind of guide me through this. Is that there is a voice saying. And I'm I'm no rock star, I'm no nothing, right? I'm just a designer who makes good designs from time to time. And but it 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 helps to hear somebody say that, you know what, it is tough and you will reach that point. I reached that point from time to time. Two weeks ago I was at that point trying to figure it out. But you will get through it. And you can do one of two things, according to me and James, right? Mm. You can either walk away from it from a bit and attack it from a different angle after some other environmental changes or uh, inspirations, right, that you can get Um, or stimuli, right? And you have the other one, which is you can combine the both. Well, that that would be a third one. You can combine the both, what James said and what I said, or you could just do what I said, which is just make something, make a poop emoji. Who cares? (laughs) You made something and then move on, Mm. right? You're done and then try to learn from that. The most important part, and I think we both agree about about that, is that the retrospective part of it all, the learning from what you did, regardless of whether it was a success or a failure, is the most important thing that you can do. Hmm. And you have to use that constructively in order to grow, right? Agreed? People can't hear you nod, James. (laughs) Sorry, agree. (laughs) Right, okay. Are we running out of time now, Martin? We're running out of time. Okay. Yeah. But I think we've said what we needed, wanted to say um, this time around. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening, you guys. Yeah. Um, we are going to be touching in on this subject again at some point, but I feel like we've said what we wanted to, and we're going to maybe touch, this, uh, touch in on this subject again uh, during a design therapy thing, which we're going to get back to again. Uh, we have talked about it on the podcast. We're going to do a live event. And hopefully you guys will be there for that. But we're gonna we're gonna stop you know pitching that slowly to you guys on the socials, and uh, we'll kind of work on it from there. But I definitely want to have one of these things in design therapy: this um, hard work and mm. talent, and pushing and learning from your failures, kind of thing. So uh, let us know if you think that this is something that you guys want to talk about as well, and that'll just help us kind of form the the session. And um, if you want something else, just let us know. Yeah, yeah. And, reach out. Uh, yeah, reach, reach out to us. Yeah, all six of you listening. Hopefully, yeah. after today, <laughs> it's seven. Yeah. So let's keep that needle going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So we have been Uting Design, and this has been Design Revision. You will find us on uh, all the major uh, podcast pl- platforms, and social um, media. sorry, Other yeah, social. and social media. So, um, also on our website, uting.no, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, give us a listen. Share our, our podcast with your friends, your family, your coworkers, and uh, hopefully, we can get a conversation going. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you again next, very soon next week. <laughs> yeah, very soon for episode twelve. What <laughs> number are we on today? Don't know. Don't worry.
1: See ya. Bye. <laughs>